Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboat live stream. Okay. We're going to talk about XRP. I know it's not that often that I do that anymore. And we're going to definitely go through uh, Cliff High's latest video. He made some comments about Ripple and XRP. And I think the foundation of his argument is misconstrued or is misconstructed maybe. And um, I want to lay that out and break down his logic. Now, I, we've got a lot of things to cover in the show tonight. I was also contacted by Dr. Saeed last night who said, Sam, you, you got to read this. Come and read this article. Uh, it's important. And he is absolutely correct. Now, if you remember, he's the one that wrote the Gattaca article uh, about the 19 nucleotide gene sequence that's in the Moderna patents before SARS even emerged onto the, you know, from this wild... Um, Panaloan bat orgy that supposedly happened. Uh, it's in the, it's patented. It's not patented, but it's listed in Moderna's patents. Okay. So how did it get there? What happened? Well, he absolutely puts the nail in the coffin of the natural origins theory. And uh, we're starting to get, I think a, a pretty good idea of who all was involved here. And it's not looking too good for team Fauci these days. So we're going to go through that. Now we, I also, Heard from Walter Chestnut again. Not the most um, fun thing to go through or to hear. I know there's a lot of you that have taken these shots, and this, this is scary stuff that we're reading. But I think you deserve at least the opportunity to know what's happening. And I think that's so much of the problem that we have today. The doctors are not even acknowledging this yet, and it's what's happening. Well, he thinks that all these human tissues. Uh, are being transformed into these fibrous masses, the white strings. He thinks that those might have been formerly red blood cells that are basically just being locked away into this fibrous mass because the spike protein infects it, and that's the result. That's the this amyloidosis, I believe is the word for it. That uh, is the process that might be happening to a lot of the vaccinated. So we're going to go through that. I'm going to break it down as best I can. It's pretty complex. At the same time, this is Sri Lanka. The same thing is happening in China. There are food riots happening. People are getting fed up with these lockdowns. They're losing everything. And really what's happening here, this ties in with what we're going to talk about tonight in crypto. As the dollar collapses, you're going to see all of these little countries around the world dependent on dollars collapse with them, right? And that's why this kind of thing is happening all around the world all of a sudden. And so we're going to look there. We're going to look at some of the what's happening in China. There's some pretty disturbing videos out of there. The healthcare system is also collapsing. I've got some stories from nurses of like what they're seeing in uh, patients coming into the ER right now and it's it, it all kind of ties together but uh let's get back to cliff high and talk about him now i need to lay some foundation we're gonna we're gonna get to ripple and xrp and all that i promise but we're gonna take kind of a windy the scenic route okay this is a sunday drive sit back shut the fuck up and just listen that's all you got to do <laughs> okay so i want to give you my background on him i've i started I was introduced to Cliff High by one of the Free Talk Live hosts, uh, Wayne. 
who said, Hey, have you ever heard of this web bot report? And this was back 2007, 2008. And I'm like, no, what is it? And so he shares with me, I get to read them and I become a cliff high fan and have followed him through the years. And, uh, you know, he absolutely has this amazing thing, uh, going on with his sort of web bot project that he does. He's, he's out there like scanning the internet, looking for changes in language patterns and doing the, you know, building these kind of word puzzles and putting together these reports. I don't know what all goes into it, but it's, it's really, really fascinating stuff. I've loved following it. Occasionally we'll get what are called these WebBot hits or what we used to call WebBot hits, where there was something in the data that uh, was predicted and then happened. And some of the details were just like spot on. And this right here is one such example. Now, there was a section about bridges collapsing and falling down and um, uh, civilizations being cut off from, from society, from civilized society, that sort of thing. And this mining truck, this was, I think, back in 2013. We can blow it up a little bit there. Um, yeah, 2013. Hit one of the girders, was overweight, and collapsed the bridge. And this is like 70,000 cars a day cross this bridge. And it goes between Canada and, and Seattle. <clears throat> so pretty important infrastructure component there. And when this happened, my cousin, who I had talked about, the WebBot report too, she phoned me up and said, Sam was that the webbot hit? Like that's how accurate it was right now. We thought, I, or I think the, the, the prevailing thinking amongst the, the followers that are reading these reports and trying to decode them and stuff that this might be related, these bridges collapsing and uh, there were dams that were going to like break at the seams, burst at their foundations kind of thing. We figured, well, that's because of the expanding earth theory, which is, Another thing that uh, Cliff has introduced me and a lot of other people to. We come to the earth, which well grew to get here the way. It this is a famous cartoonist, Neil Adams, talking about the expanding earth theory. And it just, I, I want you guys to just watch it because it will change your uh, commitment to the tectonic plate theory, I think at the very, very least. So let's watch it here. It is now. Here is our world, our planet Earth floating in space. We will be going backward in time, imperfectly, but done in a very disciplined manner. Please notice there is no subduction, no rotation of tectonic plates, no twisting, no form fitting, no altering shapes or sizes. It would be impossible, impossible for these continental plates to fit together perfectly without this being true, and yet the upper tectonic plates fit together perfectly on a much smaller planet. Yes, there's been some erosion, landslides, blah, blah, but overall this activity is insignificant. There is a kind of conspiracy of silence among certain scientists. They know, but are not telling you, that the upper tectonic plates of Earth also join in the Pacific, not partially, they join totally. You are asked to believe that the continents swim or drift about willy-nilly, bumping and crashing as if they were on a grease skillet. This is not true. The simple truth is apparently too upsetting to too many apple carts. 
We're now going forward in time to show how the actual growth of the earth took place. Okay. So he goes back and blows up this earth, right? And when we were looking at the WebBot data, I think a lot of people thought, well, the earth is going through this expansion event because this all ties in with the sun and corona disease. When he very first started, that's what he was looking at. He was going to create, you know, just like from Westworld, the AI that uh, reads the stock market and gives them the, the stock tips and they all become super rich and whatnot. And what he got was like this, these words coming back for sun disease, not sun microsystems, the utility Unix uh, computer maker. And so it, it set him off down this really interesting long rabbit hole and he goes into all these sort of unique topics and sometimes kind of further expands them. Uh, and uh, let's, let's keep going. So I kind of want to just give you a context for that. There was another web bot hit that was kind of along the same lines. And it was uh, talking about the dams bursting at the scene, at the, at the base, like they crack and, and come apart and fail. Well, this was the Orwell uh, Dam, and you can see there, it's not because of an Earth expansion event that happened, but it was that they had so much rain from all of the climate change and so forth, you know, weather patterns being disrupted, that it blew over the spillway and started wiping out the foundation of the dam. And there was at one point a risk that uh, like up over here on the spillway on the other side of the, that big concrete pour that got eroded away, that the water was going to start coming over that. And it would be just a matter of time before the dam completely failed. So that was another really spectacular web bot hit. But again, it's so very much open to interpretation. Uh, probably my favorite one was the section about blondes on boats where there's this mysterious blonde and uh, he had in brackets legal with a question mark, like are there legal issues related to this mysterious blonde? And it talked about um, the ships of state breaking up on the rocks. And at the time we're reading this, trying to interpret it. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, okay, this is economic collapse of the European Union, the whole Brexit thing that was coming and so forth. And it turns out, nope, that was not it. That it was, in fact, the Costa Concordia that this little Blondes on Boats paragraph picked up on. And the captain picked up this hot blonde, took her up onto the, the deck, wanted to showboat and steered the ship closer to the shore to make the lights brighter and bigger and ended up turning it over on its side. Major legal challenges all around that. And the ship, there was a documentary on it. They had to cut it up and scrap it and carry it out. And uh, the decks of, this, of the Costa Concordia were named after the countries of Europe. So you literally had ships of state breaking up on the rocks. So that I think is one of the most spectacular uh, like web bot hits. And so you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. He also had this theory about the global coastal event, which was supposed to happen, you know, 10 years ago or something never did. It's one of the reasons I didn't buy Bitcoin because Cliff was talking about a nuclear reactor being washed down the uh, the western seaboard and sitting outside of a major city after a storm. He had uh, remote viewers do a study on him, and he was supposed to be 
like journaling and recording the uh, weather changes from his his cabin that he was building at the time. And he kind of like backtracked a little bit and said, well, I used the wrong word for it. It's not one event. It's a series of events. And the interesting thing to me is if you look at, and I promise you, we'll get to XRP and Ripple. You'll see how this is kind of all connected. I want you to have a firm understanding of who Cliff High is, how he gets his data and why he kind of forms some of the opinions that he does. Um, so he kind of backtracked a little bit from that and said it wasn't a big deal. But then at the same time, you had this comet that came in over Russia and exploded. And remember, it blew out a bunch of windows, injured people for, you know, miles around. Dr. Courtney Brown, who does the, the Farsight Institute, did a remote viewing study on that and said there was some kind of ET intelligence. And if you watch the comet coming in, you'll see where a beam comes out of from behind and the rock breaks up. And that might've been our global coastal event, right? And there was some kind of intervention that stopped it. And we went down a different timeline. And there's another area where I dif disagree with Cliff. He thinks that there's only enough energy for one universe, one reality, that uh, if you had more, that would be too many and uh, you know, just would use too much energy, so it can't be. And he, he doesn't follow some of the like channelers and so forth, which by the way, uh, if you, I tried to find the clip, but I, I didn't have time to completely find it, but Esther Hicks was doing a channeling session and was asked about, is the earth alive? Was asked the question, is the earth alive? And she said, uh, in many ways, yes, it is a living, growing being. And I thought, why did she use the term growing? She talking about spiritually, mentally, or physically, going back to the you know, expanding earth theory. Is that what's actually happening here? So uh, where do we go with this? There, there's things that he's gotten brilliantly right is kind of my point. And there's things that he's gotten brilliantly wrong, uh, I think. And one example, another one of that is this right here. Now, he talked about the helical solar system model. And this is the traditional one where the sun's at the center, right? Gotta have the cool music. But it, what it neglects to capture is when you have, you know, the, the solar system model that we're taught in schools, planets are circling around and it's just the sun's stationary, but the sun's traveling at 70,000 miles an hour swimming around the Milky Way, the outer, one of the outer arms of the Milky Way galaxy. And so once you add in that motion, you get something that looks more like a corkscrew. And this is, um, this is a DJ, DJ... Sandu that put this animation together. He was a, a WebBot follower as well. And now you're seeing kind of the actual path that it takes. You have the sun going almost like a comet through the sky, through space, and all of these planets circling around it, creating this corkscrew pattern of where they've been. So it's kind of like a different way of thinking about it. Well, Cliff took this to kind of expand it on this concept and said, well, what if the sun is like a comet and we're in the vacuum of the cone that it creates as it barrels through whatever is actually in space, 
creating the vacuum and it's maybe not a vacuum out there. And he, then he went on and kind of changed the theory to, well, the planets aren't in line with the sun. They're all behind it inside the cone. And he came up with like ideas, ways of, that explained the observations that astronomers make with the planets and so forth. And I actually sent him an email on this and I said, Cliff, NASA has satellites that go around the sun. They're 180 degrees out of sync with each other. So they see all sides and they photograph the space weather and the hot, the solar, the, the sunspots. Those happen on the backside of the sun that's away from us, that if it's a comet and the planets are behind it, being dragged behind it, we wouldn't have access to that side. And yet several days later, when they come around to the front side, which can be confirmed from astronomers on the ground, it doesn't take a lot of equipment to do this. They always have the right size, the right shape and the right number. How could they be predicting that? And well, he didn't respond to that email. And he also, I don't think I heard him have heard him talk about that theory since. So that's kind of like been my experience. He's, he's really smart guy. He's built this amazing, incredible system that just does some phenomenally spectacular things and gives us insights into like what's coming and some unusual events that are happening. And it's so fascinating to kind of follow along over the years. And at the same time, he's not always great at admitting when he's wrong. And this is where we get to Ripple and XRP. Okay. So years ago, he was talking about Ripple and XRP. And so he's hangs out with Jason up for Joe, who, uh, you know, has the Patreon group and he's has his dreams that he talks about and has psychics on and so forth. And he had this one big play that every, everyone had to, had to have this one coin because it's going to be the big winner. Of course that was XRP. And that was a time I was doing videos about XRP talking about it. So there's dissension among the ranks between him and Bix Ware, who, if you remember, uh, he made a bunch of claims about they can double spend, they can freeze, they can do this, that Ripple can do that to the XRP ledger. And so I came up with the $1,000 Bixware silver challenge. And all I asked him to do was to demonstrate that he could do that or that that had been done. And, uh, you know, a couple of days before in a video, he was talking about how two or $300 was a lot of money. This was over a thousand. I think it was 32 ounces of silver. Um, he never actually reached out to claim that that silver prize because what he was saying was was factually false okay and i think cliff kind of took cues from bix perhaps he says that he looked at the code and it's bad code now i've seen uh you know followed nick borgulis for a long time he heads up xrpl development at ripple they do not write bad code it is very very good code they are very much standards based i mean it is it's impact i would call it impeccable code that they write um why someone who's you know obviously a sharp programmer is saying ripple's bad code i, I don't know but you know like cliff threw his hat in the bitcoin ring i you know i bought one of his reports roger verse sent me a bitcoin over facebook uh when it was i don't know 12 11 50 i think I sent that one on to Cliff for a WebBot report when it was 20. And I don't know what he's done with it. 
So he's been talking about this and saying, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin, it's the future, on and on and on for a very long time. And I think he unfortunately looks at the world with the Bitcoin blinders on and there's some things that he's not acknowledging about uh, reality and he's being swayed, I think, by some FUD. So I'm going to let you hear some of the things he's got to say and then we'll, we'll comment a little further. The crack up boom. We're in that right now. Okay, so we've also had this um, the crack up boom. We're in that right now. That's where um, the whole uh, banking system is failing. All right, so the banking. And this is where he starts to lose me. Okay, he kind of encapsulates all the banks which into this one box, the banking system, when the reality is it's a hierarchy just like the rest of society. And I think his perspective fails to acknowledge that you've got the tier one banks at the top, you've got the tier two banks that have kind of made it, and then a whole bunch of the mom and pop banks and the credit unions and so forth. And there's different, you know, can't you have like Temenos in there that's building the backend software for the small banks so they can get some decent capabilities but it's expensive to plug into the global financial system and the banks at the top hold that over the heads of the medium and small size banks because they can basically because it's an antiquated system that has they've rested on their laurels. They have failed to address problems. They should have been upgrading with new technology. The SWIFT system is basically email, but it's not real time. It batch uploads in FTP overnight. That's how money, the global financial system, that's the top tier right there. Okay, so that should speak volumes about just how little they've done to improve things. And why? Because SWIFT is, is basically an a organization owned by the banks. They're completely isolated from market signals like the need to innovate so that someone doesn't come along and outcompete you with a better product. They don't have those kind of market pressures, so they stagnate. Innovation stagnates and dies. And that's what's happened with Swift, and I don't think that's something that he really sort of uh, comprehends based on some other comments. Let's keep going. The system is based on uh, fraud and uh, corruption. The, it's based on fraud. It's based on theft and based on illusion. And all of that leads to corruption. That corruption is caught up with the system. There's no, no purchasing power in the Federal Reserve notes. And uh, all of the banks that are dealing with these things are in the process of dying. Now, this might take a couple of years. We've never been through this in modern times. Uh, so we don't know how long it will take for this to uh, crack up and, and fade away. And again, that's when he says all the banks I, I, I don't, I think he's, um, I, I don't think it's going to go down that way, right? Because he's kind of oversimplifying things in my perspective anyway, and just saying like crypto is going to come in, take, take over, everything will be fine. Everything will, will, will go through this period of like disruption and chaos. And, and then uh, everyone will start using crypto out the other side. I don't think it's going to happen that way. I think there's going to be these intermediary steps as we move in that direction, but uh, let's, let's keep going. The data sets would have had us fail in a particular way where we would have large banks fail first, like go totally non-functional, 
you know, shuttering up the doors and, you know, auctioning off the buildings, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, but, but a lot of small banks uh, would be able to make a transition to sound money and would survive as a banking institution. Uh, okay. What he just described there um, is actually a situation that would benefit Ripple tremendously. Okay. He's under the impression that Ripple is out to um, replace the SWIFT system and be this top tier central bank uh, infrastructure, you know, architecture of the financial system. And in reality, who has Ripple been actually signing up to use the platform today? Not the Chase, not the Bank of America. Sure, they're running tests and so forth, but there's nowhere near the liquidity levels that they need to start moving any kind of serious volume over. And it's probably not worth it for them until it gets to that point. So what did they do? You know, we had the whole Miguel Vias thing where he went in and was basically, they were paying money Graham to uh, send higher volumes. And they were, I think, hoping to leapfrog and get some bigger players in to start building on that volume and get the thing taking off and self-sustaining. That effort failed. That's when Brianne Madigan came in. Uh, and they shifted their approach, right? And no longer are they just relying on XRP. They're plugging in RippleNet into this sort of liquidity engine, as I describe it. I think they call it Liquidity Hub. And uh, they're going to try and source any path through whatever series of cryptos, stable coins, whatever they need to uh, deliver the most liquidity between the endpoints that their customers are are trying to you know, move money. So that has been something that the smaller players benefit for tremendously more than the bigger players because they have the scale. They benefit from this cumbersome system that's antiquated and expensive to maintain. And it's not so much the swift connection, but the correspondent banking network that it runs upon. And later he's going to talk about how this is the, the SWIFT is the system for the central banks and um, the, the BIS and that they're the ones that use it. And it's like, okay, yes, they do. But at the same time, this is the system that companies use to pay each other. If SWIFT goes away, there has to be an alternative. And I think it's an oversimplification of the problem to think that everyone's just going to jump onto crypto and use the same crypto and be happy and the world's going to, uh, we're all going to join hands and um, sing merrily or, or whatever. It's not going to happen that way. Okay. And at the same time, look at what bearable guy has been telling us for years. A big part of his story has been the King who is, you know, this was from Christmas of, Oh gosh, 2020 maybe, or 21. I don't remember. Uh, and you've got the king over there. He's got his scepter. He's got the little wrench in his hand. He's going to throw a wrench in the works. The knight has laid down the gauntlet and, you know, bearable guys trying to teach us something with codes that we could never crack. And then, you know, you go on here and you've got, they've been doing everything they can to kind of sideline the king. That's been one of the themes in these sort of stories. And here he is up in the window with his wrench trying to lower it down and he's you know completely out of the way he's not a problem uh to them because you know obviously he's so far back over there 
and they're working away in the workshop and you've got the the deep state coming in with their new digital system with the 010 and the knights telling them not get out we don't want it well this one same kind of story the boat the ship is actually sailing in the other way the books have been thrown overboard there's new ones with regulatory clarity coming at the at they're at the back of the boat which is actually the way the ship is sailing is that way sorry for you guys because if you look at the waves you look at the sails and so forth what's happening here we're being shown that there's a ruse afoot right who is the king the king is jacob Vernell, the um, chairman of jp morgan chase no not jamie diamond not jp morgan chase jp morgan chase international so he is the one of the key figureheads of this system that was one of the things that was revealed in those meetings when facebook was coming out with libra and uh, uh jacob stood up and spoke at the meeting and so forth that's how we know it was him what's going on now here in the picture his scepter's broken it's got a band-aid his wrench is red it no longer works They've thrown these crap regulatory books overboard. You've got the regulatory clarity that they're going to pick up on the way out. And the king's, you know, everyone's looking off to the right while the ship's going off to the left and he's left stranded on the iceberg. So it's about moving him out of the way. And he's been trying to cause problems. His ability to cause problems has been cut. And, you know, we used to make videos about all this stuff. In the, in the meantime, we're all going to be dealing with uh, real money in the form of gold, silver, and cryptos. And the cryptos are going to be um, the fluid part of it, right? So you won't be transition, you won't be spending so much in the way of silver coin as you will uh, a digital form against your cryptos or whatever, right? And I think he's right there as well. But here's what we should think about, okay? Cliff likes Bitcoin and uh, thinks that that's going to be the sort of foundational level of the global financial system. And that Ripple and XRP would do bad because it's tied to the bankers. And when the banks collapse, we're talking, and he even says the data showed the tier one banks collapse and go away. Well, RippleNet system basically takes these smaller banks and plugs them in and gives them global reach and plugs them into global liquidity. And it's sourced through fiat. It's sourced through stable coins. It's sourced through, uh, you know, physical asset, digitized assets, whatever they'll, they'll, they're building a hub that will plug in and move value and find liquidity anywhere at whatever cost you're comfortable with. That is a very powerful system to be to have the capabilities of in the midst of chaos where currencies are failing other ones are being brought online and uh, you know people are trying to figure out something that works that could be a tremendously successful system and that's what ripples built and what he's describing is a situation in my mind where RippleNet comes in saves the day fixes a lot of these problems very quickly after you know these big banks fail and becomes the new financial system right and what cliff i guess thinks while while bitcoin uh you know has a lot of value now 
and it has, you know, more people moving into it, it doesn't really have the utility, right? And we are heading into this world that is breaking down because the vaccinated are getting sick. They're dying off. Um, they're unable to work. They're, you know, have calling in sick all the time or they're on disability short term and then long term. Remember the insurance talking about the rise in claims on that. That stuff is all happening. And he's going to talk about, you know, a lot of corporations will fail. 100% agree. That's also happening. And we're going to, we're going into a world where services, products, goods, not maybe necessarily commonly all the time available. So which would you want? Would you want a system that requires tremendous amounts of energy to run in order to secure the network? Or would you want one that has found a more efficient way to do it, right? And what else did they put into the XRP ledger? They put a DEX, the ability to do something called an issuance. And this is where Cliff and I think a lot of the, of the detractors get hung up about XRP. If I want to create something called an issuance, let's call them Sam Grams. He's talking about, you know, hard money and so forth. Well, what if I want to become a bank in this new world? And I want to take and offer people, grand, you know, Sam, uh, Sam grams that are one gram of silver. And if you have, you know, X number of grams, you can redeem and I will send you silver in the mail and buy more or, you know, whatever. And you can, it's up to you whether you want to trust that or not. Well, I, that's an issuance that I made. It's not XRP, the native asset on the XRP ledger. XRP can't be frozen, but my issuance can be if I don't disable my ability to do that right so a lot of people get hung up and then you had the whole jed thing where he got kicked off the board went to dumped all of his xrp onto an exchange was going to crash the price ripple came in and said hey please don't let him do that they froze his tokens the fudsters came in and said oh ripple can freeze the xrp anytime they want which is also not true i think that's another one that cliff may have fallen for so he has this really kind of misconstrued perspective on XRP that he's speaking. That's kind of the foundation for his arguments. And that's the problem. The conclusions that he's coming to don't really support um, the reality of what Ripple's doing, of how their system works. Uh, of how the SWIFT system works. There's a lot of details that I think he's maybe glossing over a little bit. So, okay, let's keep going. Uh, but but we're going to go to a sound money. And this will all work itself out as we get into the secrets revealed part here. And I would say a ledger, a, net, a payment network that's lean and efficient. You've got WeedC running his uh, XRP validator on solar panels. It's like, It uses like 250 watts. It's practically an email server because it's not chewing through electricity to guess at zeros. It, 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 proof of work is just this dead concept that doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. The Model T was a revolutionary thing that revolutionized life, but nobody's driving Model Ts today because we've got better technology. The same thing is happening with Bitcoin. And in a way... Uh, well, we'll get into it. Okay, let's keep going here. So this was the, the latest one, I think. And you can see right here, the king's now outside the window. 
uh, the night is in the rocket heading to the stars or to Saturn and beyond. And uh, bearable guy's sitting there with a champagne flute filled with looks like something orange. Of course, there was a picture yesterday or something of, of Brad Garlinghouse, the CEO of Ripple, holding a champagne flute that looked like it had a mimosa in it or something. So same color. <laughs> Very interesting. And you can see the king has just been silenced and put to the sidelines. He's sitting out there. And that was a big part of what's unfolded over the last like four years. And one of the key things that bearable guy has been trying to explain to us all that this is the level that this game is kind of being played. And of course, if you look at like chase, what did they do? They went out and said, okay, we can do this. We're the big cargo ship, right? We're the big tier one bank, but we'll go out and find someone from the blockchain community. They got the girl with the blue hair or whatever, brought her over total culture clash. Right. And they gave her a forward compartment on the cargo ship. And they're like, build us a speedboat. And she's like, okay, great. I'll build you a speedboat. Built the speedboat, but realized as long as it's attached to the cargo ship, it's not actually going to go any faster or drive like a speedboat. So she left, right? But what was that? That was their attempt to keep uh, the smaller companies on the plantation and not going to Ripple. That's what that was. That was their way of trying to consolidate power because this whole battle here has been playing out over the last few years as the tier one banks try and save themselves from the inevitable, their destruction, their replacement, all of their inefficiencies being removed and replaced by DeFi and smart contracts and blockchains. That's what's coming. That's what's at stake. That's what's been going on behind the scenes and they are losing. Okay. And it's just, I, I think that is the perspective that Cliff doesn't have. So he's got some more to say. Let's uh, go on here. A lot of corporations are going to die. Lots and lots of them, uh, along with some of the cryptos, okay? Because some of the cryptos like um, uh, XRP and Tether and some of these others are bound to the old system. So if you... He's right about that, but not in the way that he thinks, Right. Because what do we have going on with Tether? It is basically a uh, multinational criminal enterprise that they have used to repeatedly manipulate the price of Bitcoin. So uh, all the Bitcoin maxis are like, this is inevitable. All the money is leaving the dollar and going into Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the true measure of inflation. And they none of them want to talk about the reality of Tether. The reality that the exchanges are in on it too with Tether. Some of them, not all of them, but some of them. And that Tether has been used to manipulate and artificially inflate the price of Bitcoin. And, you know, he's got this emotional value, uh, emotional tension thing that's coming, I think the 17th of this month for seven days. Um, he thinks it's the federal, it's the central banks failing I think it's maybe Tether or something failing. I, I'm not sure, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be the central banks failing. I, you know, maybe something with uh, the monetary system kind of breaking down further in a big way. Maybe the, the silver contracts instead of um, they're, they're going to be announcing like delays, which means 
we don't have the silver and we're going to have to get it to you later, but they're, they'll try and couch it as shipping delays, but that that's coming. There's any number of triggers that it could be uh, that we're about to face on the, you know, this, this seven day window that you know, a lot of times he's, I think, pretty accurate. Um, let me see. That was a pretty short one. I just want to back up. A lot of corporations are going to die. Lots and lots of them. Uh, along with some of the cryptos, okay, because some of the cryptos like um, uh, XRP and right. Tether and some of these others are bound to the old system. So he thinks because XRP, Ripple works with the banking system, the tier one banks are going to fail. That's That spells doom for Ripple and XRP. And what I would say is uh, the XRP ledger is very ener- energy efficient. We're moving into a world with constrained resources where all these corporations, as you've just said, Cliff, are failing. And uh, it would might be efficient to have a blockchain that doesn't consume uh, seven megawatts of energy, uh, megawatt hours or whatever it is per day. Maybe that would make sense. Maybe being able to do an issuance and be able to trade digital grams of silver amongst my friends and my network of a few hundred people might be a good thing, right? And that, that's those are native features built into the XRP ledger. That's the whole idea behind the name Ripple. That's where that came, came from. So the fact is Ripple and the XRPL are in a prime position to come in and solve that problem. Bitcoin is not. When Tether collapses, it's going to bring a lot of the exchanges down with it, and it's going to take the air out of the Bitcoin price because it's been artificially inflated by billions and billions of Tether that have been printed by criminals. And I, I don't think Cliff wants to acknowledge that. They tend to, the Bitcoin maximalists, tend to sort of uh, write it off as, oh, that's all FUD, there's nothing to it. They settled with the New York AG. Yeah, they admitted everything that that uh, they said they were doing, and now they're under DOJ investigation. And every time, you know, you had the, what was it, the CFO of um, Celsius, he got a bunch of money from Tether, and then they picked him, he just disappeared and was arrested. What happened there? They didn't want to talk about that all of a sudden on their weekly Ask Me Anything calls. And this is one of the things that Bitfenix points out. Every time somebody gets bag money from Tether, they get picked up. Why is that? What do you think could be going on here? So there's still, it's still the Wild West. There's still so many scams and things. I think a lot of these NFTs are going to go the way of the dinosaur. Um, And of course, what are we seeing from the SEC case? That these people were completely compromised right that they're still getting payments from his old firm which he's basically greenlighting ethereum and bitcoin why because they're built on model t technology and in order to really interface and do much with them you're going to need a layer two which is a choke point for control that's why the chinese the ccp the establishment, the deep state, the intelligence communities. That's why they want Bitcoin and Ethereum to win. And it's as simple as that because it's a system that they can still control and XRP and the XRP ledger, which you can access natively without even having to pay high fees or anything. 
it levels that playing field. There's no need for this big layer two. I mean, sure, there's going to be layer two things built on it. But it doesn't necessarily need it because it's a solution built with scale in mind. Bitcoin was a solution built with a concept in mind. Can we have some kind of peer-to-peer electronic cash? And the answer is no, not, not with proof of work. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. I think there's more here. Let me play. So if you... Oh, I guess that was the end of that. So if you... So XRP only has one client, and that's banks. So when the banks die, XRP dies, right? Um, uh, because it was supposed to replace the SWIFT system. Well, the SWIFT system only exists for the central banks, the Bank of International Settlements, which is the largest criminal corporation on the planet. And it owns the World Bank, and it owns a bunch of the European banks and a bunch of the other banks, right? And basically, it owns the Federal Reserve as well because the same people own them both. So when this dies, there's no need for SWIFT because that was their mechanism to charge up. And see, that's where he's wrong. You still have companies out there who need to move money seamlessly. And I think in Cliff's perspective, it's, well, they're just all going to start using Bitcoin, obviously. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think all of these, the, the, the entire supply chain is all just going to jump onto Bitcoin immediately and start using it. The, the system couldn't handle it in the first place. It would, it would collapse. You know, fees would be $500 per transaction. It's just not going to work. Shitloads of money for transferring, uh, you know, our, our actual money from one point to another. Now, what he's saying there was, oh, they, they've been just raking us over the coals with these high fees. What he doesn't understand is that that was that's a, the Swift system was built on Telex technology, right? And then it upgraded to batch processed email transferred via FTP nightly. That's the Swift system. That's why it's so expensive because it requires this correspondent banking network to go with it. That's expensive to maintain and fund and so forth, right? So that need doesn't just go away, and it's not going to just organically come about and solve itself. You can't expect hundreds of millions of business owners around the world to suddenly learn crypto and keep their businesses operating. They're going to need experts and professionals. And I think that's, you know, what he's talking about with some of the smaller banks figure this kind of stuff out. Okay. They're the ones who are, uh, you know, a lot of these smaller banks, I talked about Temenos, I think in the beginning, what is that? It's back-end banking software that plugs into the global financial system. They're plugged into RippleNet, okay? So that gives all those small banks that capability. What's RippleNet plugged into? It's plugged into their liquidity hub, which can source liquidity, whether it's from fiat, from stablecoin, from crypto. And it can deliver native currency, whatever you want. Oh, you want Bitcoin? Oh, you want Ethereum? Why? Oh, you want uh, Circle's? Uh, U.S. dollar or some local fiat currency, fine. That's what you get. That's what it will drop off at, you know, the cheapest rate using the large, you know, as many passes as it can to make it as efficient and cheap as possible. That's what RippleNet is. In the world that he's describing, that is, to me, the superior to solution to anything Bitcoin and Ethereum can provide. And that's why those two were attacked because 
They don't want to lose control. That's what's happening here. That's why these guys have been caught red-handed. I mean, it's just so amazing that they've got emails saying from from legal, from ethics, saying don't go to these meetings anymore. And he's like, meh, go into the meetings, see? <laughs> That's what Cliff is not, I, I think, has the blinders on because he found Bitcoin early. He's been right about it. But he's failing to see the fact that Tether has artificially inflate, been printed to artificially inflate the price of Bitcoin and enrich you know, a small circle of people by manipulating that price uh, that these exchanges are in on it. Some of them are going to go down when the shit hits the fan here. And like, uh, you know, the deep state, the CCP, which he talks about all the time, they're backing Bitcoin and Ethereum. There's a reason for that. And he needs to, I think, examine why that is in the context of the Ripple lawsuit. But I think... You know, like he's made up his mind that Ripple's bad code. Uh, they can freeze it. They can do this. They can do that. And none of it's really true. And the whole banking system is going to collapse. And it's actually, no, the top banking system is going to collapse. Local people will still find ways to solve problems locally. And if they have a tool like Ripple and like RippleNet, they're going to be able to extend their reach globally. That's what's coming. So uh, let's see here. I think there's a little bit more. Which we don't need them anymore. So all of those things will go away. There are a number of cryptos that are uh, tied to um, stable coins and tied to stuff that if you, if you just look at it and think about it, okay, so is this crypto tied to a system that's dying? And if it is, probably shouldn't invest in it. Just saying. Like uh, Bitcoin is tied to Tether? Right. Not not financial advice, just a general um, uh, warning to universe from from universe on this kind of stuff. You can actually sort of analyze these things. Okay, so. Yes, you can, Cliff. And I don't think you've done a great job on the the Ripple XRP analysis. And I invite you to, to, you know, come back and review it if you want. You're always welcome on the show. Come and talk about it. Hash this out. But I think your your foundation foundational understanding of ripple and xrp is flawed and uh i i think you know this is why joe and the psychics and all that are like this is going to be it it's going to be crazy buy ripple and hold it and you've got such dissension but bix weir couldn't confirm couldn't demonstrate that any of his negative claims about the xrpl were true when i offered him a thousand dollars in silver Hey, I don't know. It's way more than that now. That was at, you know, like $22 silver. And he never attempted to collect that. Okay. Jim Willie was asked this question with, uh, how Beyond do you Mystic, see XRP, um, John Claude, maybe coming out of troubled water in the next couple of months with the SEC lawsuit, or is there a play to be made here where the governments are going to legislate around the CBDCs, which could pump up XRP until such time as those are rejected by the population? Jim Sinclair was saying that there would be three resets offered to the population, all of them rejected until we've... I, and I think that's parroting what Cliff has seen in the data, that they roll out three systems. The first one fails, second one fails, third one fails and nothing replaces it and you know instead we're all finally on crypto and so forth 
eventually got into this sound money organic economy uh, for humans. What are your thoughts on XRP? How does that trade? Okay, move I, I think I think it's a very thin and weak argument to say that if XRP is largely owned by the bankers, therefore it's corrupt. How do you have a bridge created from the old to the new without a connection to the old? Bingo. He just hit the nail on the head. You have to move people from where we are to where we're going, or we're talking Mad Max world. Okay. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to happen any other way. There's got to be a bridge. And Jim Willie, he's talking about, um, you know, he's been uh, learning up on XRP and Ripple and so forth, which amuses me because about two, two and a half years ago, I reached out to him and said, hey, Jim, I really like to talk to you about Ripple and XRP and what they're doing and help you understand that and the impacts, the ramifications on the global financial system. He ignored me, <laughs> but he's finally coming around. That's a good point. Therefore, you've got to have some handshakes You've got to have right. some bridge uh, on ramps from the old system onto the bridge. Now, where are we? XRP is that bridge asset, or I, I would almost say the liquidity hub is the bridge asset. And I think in most cases, it's going to be XRP that has superior liquidity in this environment, more so than maybe Bitcoin or you know, is a lot of the other choices. Go is a little bit unclear, undefined, and murky. I believe the central bankers are going to be up against the wall with some very difficult Correct. decisions. Mm -hmm. They're going to face the prospect of having a central bank digital currency, a U.S., sorry, a CBDC that violates the transparency requirement and violates the decentralized requirement. And when he says violates the requirement, he's talking about in a blockchain, these are features that you have in an open network. Mm -hmm. That's what they want. They want to violate those two requirements to continue their merry way with illicit systems, mm -hmm. fraudulent systems. That they can game and print money and steal the wealth and then hand it out to their friends. XRP must bridge from the old. When you when you hear that that the the bankers are the large uh, block of owners of XRP, maybe it's because the the news blackout that last October first, the SEC dropped its case against Ripple, and okay. it's and this is where he goes off the tracks for me. You know, he thinks that the lawsuit's over and this is all for show. And I, I, no, I, I think the lawsuit's still very real and ongoing. Um, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I, I've been listening to Jem, you know, for, oh gosh, probably since 2006 as well. So he's a, he's a brilliant guy, but he likes conspiracy theories. And I don't think there's enough supporting evidence to say that, oh, the lawsuit's over and there. No, I don't think so at all. Uh, okay. We've got to get rid of them all. They're all corrupt. You know, a permanent politician is a corrupt politician. Uh, I think we should have term limits. Two terms, that's it, you're out. And, uh, and no health insurance, you gotta pay all your own housing, or you live in a barracks. Yeah, we'll just build barracks, like, you know, at, at Fort Lewis over here, and just the set them up next to the, the various state capitals, and there you go. Uh, you know, they're free housing for the legislator. You know, no reason they should be comfortable. 
Yeah, that's what's known as a my plan. If we can just get my plan in, well, here's the problem with that, Cliff. You can come up with your plan and have the best intentions of how it should be implemented. And well, then you hand that over to the politicians and they change it and they add stuff to it and they take things away and they don't really give a shit about your intent. And they pass that because it's going to benefit some of them. They've been bribed sufficiently to vote for it. And then it goes over to the bureaucracy that interprets it, which also doesn't give a shit about Cliff's intent. They're going to interpret it in a manner that most benefits them and their ability to uh, wield power and control over others. Right. And those barracks in five years would be upgraded to a $30 million um, housing complex. No, make it 300 million. (laughs) That's, that's the problem with government is there is no check on them. It will never work. It is a flawed idea, failed system that no matter which plan you think you're going to implement, that's going to fix the problems. Spoiler alert. It doesn't fix the problems. The bureaucracy outmaneuvers them, your intentions, the people's intent every single time. Have you not looked around at what's happening to society today? So, okay. Uh, Let's see. Um, Trying to think where I want to go. Let's jump over here and not actually there, but right here to uh, Dr. Saeed's article. So we can, if you guys have questions or whatever about uh, XRP Ripple, you want to ask those real quick, do it in chat. Uh, Or if you want to, if you're on spaces and you want to jump in and comment on anything that we just covered there, do it now quickly, or we're going to move on and talk about all the Corona stuff. So, and I'll give you all just a second. You know, it's interesting to me that like, what his data is showing is kind of the environment where XRP can actually thrive in. And I think that's where, um, that's where things are heading. We're heading into a lot of breakdown, dysfunction, things not being available and a big system that uses tremendous electricity to secure itself is not the best network. Someone's asking, how do you reconcile Ripple, the central banks, the WF, all being in alignment, Trojan horse, similar narratives to Trump is a double agent? Um, you know, like I think the banks realize they uh, will have an advantage, but they're going to lose it over time. But they tried to stand against it. That was, you know, the, the blockchain initiative at Chase that failed. And uh, they have no choice but to go along or, uh, you know, keep pissing in the wind, which is not working out very well for them, right? So uh, that's, that's my thought. I mean, they're trying, obviously, to survive, and their plan is going to be, well, we'll crash the dollar, we'll bring out our CBDC, we'll force everyone to use it, and voila, and like... They will be able to hide all of their printing and tell us whatever they want, and we'll have no idea. Um, they'll be able to implement all these controls that they want to lock down society. And if you go along with that, um, they'll be able. They'll have complete control over your life, over when, where, how, who you spend your money with, and whether or not you're allowed to participate in society. Or like a De- Demolition Man was the movie I was thinking of in a previous live stream. 
you've got the people living up in proper society and the people who get unplugged from that and they're living down in the sewers. That's the analogy of the world that they want. That's the kind of world that they want. And they're, they're trying to take us to. So current handle on spaces, TTL boats. Been trying to find you for a minute. <laughs> so here, let me give you, um, here's a link. I just put in chat. There's all of my uh, links. It's uh, to the lifeboats.taplink.ws. If you go there, you can find all the different platforms that I'm on. Uh, I'll upload this video to Rumble and BitChute and several other places as well. Um, okay, let me see here. I don't see anyone requesting, so let's move on. Okay, so Dr. Saeed, he reached out to me late last night. He said, Sam, you got to read this. It's important. And I read it and I 100% agree with him. Um, again, he wrote the 19, he's the one that found the 19 NT gene sequence, nucleotide gene sequence in the Moderna patents and also in the SARS coronavirus. And there was some FUD that came out about, oh, that's not re valid. That's not relevant and so forth from the fact checkers, of course. And well, he's found what he says is absolute proof. The GP120 sequence, that's the HIV insert proved beyond all doubt that COVID-19 was man-made. The missing link was there in Pradhan's paper all along. Now, Pradhan Pradesh, I think, he was the original author that found the HIV genetic material in the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. And people said, oh, you're a crazy man, and attacked him and shut him up. And he was, uh, I think, pressured into retracting the paper. And then they, they used that to claim victory and ha, 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 see, it was all um, made up. Okay. So that's who Pradhan was. We just need to ask the right question. Where are the genome sequences for the GP120 inserts following? Uh, okay. So what he's talking about, you've got the genetic code and then you've got the sequence to manufacture that, that protein sequence. Okay. Following on from December's article, how to blast your way to the truth about the origins of COVID-19. We covered that in a live stream where I explained how there are four inserts described in Pradhan's February 2020 paper showed definitively that the SARS-CoV-2 genome had to have been man-made, that there have been considerable interest in a lot of pushback from those whose reputations are on the line. So I talked about how we're starting to get a pretty clear picture uh, of who was involved here. It's the people that are really attacking anyone suggesting anything other than natural origin theory because they're guilty and they know what they've done and they're hoping they can get away with it and they're not going to. Um, from what I can make out, the, the main lines of rebuttal were one of these to his original article. Quote, you're an anonymous troll. Anonymous, yes, a troll only to these people. Uh, those sequences, bear with me. Uh, the, the second point is those sequences exist in bacteria and it doesn't matter that viruses can combine with bacterial sequences. Okay, no problem. Let's just turn virology on its head and go with your new dogma that you've just plucked out of thin air, right? So like the, the claim was, oh, well, those sequences are in bacteria. Okay, well, what's the mechanism that bacterial RNA gets into 
um, viral DNA, viral RNA. You know, like what? How is that transfer happening? Because there's no nothing that they have today that shows that can be done. That nineteen, the next one, that nineteen NT gene sequence was actually claimed in the Moderna patent. Wasn't actually claimed in the Moderna patent, which he says is true, but it was still a Moderna sequence listed in the patent. They just didn't want to patent all thirty thousand because of the cost involved there. So they listed them out and they tricked GenBank, that's the BLAST-P or, or BLAST-N, I forget which one, database, into accepting them as patented sequences for free so that anybody researching, looking it up, would see that and maybe you know fall under the false pretense that that's a patented sequence. That's what he's pointing out. And that was the tool that he used to determine these were patented sequences. I'm not sure there were any uh, others, but feel free to correct me in the comments. Anyway, not bad, I guess, from an anonymous troll. So now we have got the shills and the detractors to use up their ammunition. I'm going to finish this argument for once and for all using the same blast techniques I showed you last time so that you can verify for yourself that this virus was man-made. This time we're going to dig into the genomic uh, genome sequences behind Perdon's inserts one through three that nobody talked about until now. Too long didn't read is uh, in order to get the three inserts of GP120, this is the HIV genetic material, to exist in SARS-CoV-2, the genomic sequences that coded for them have to uh, have got there by recombination from another organism or in a lab. Because they don't exist anywhere in nature, it's not possible to have come from another organism which means 100% these were created in a lab. EcoHealth's proposal in 2018, this is DASIC, the CIA cutout, perfectly described those inserts. So what's coming out, what he's talking about in this paper, is that EcoHealth funded research to do exactly this in 2018. Until now, we've only discussed the peptide, i.e. the amino acid construction of the four sequences referenced in Perdon's paper that showed the main difference between the spike protein of SARS-CoV-2 and any other previous uh, coronavirus known uh, were contained in these inserts. Here they are. And so he lists out the four inserts. The fifth one is the uh, FCS fern cleavage site. We're, we're not going to discuss insert four for now because we discuss, discussed it in part one. But safe to say, insert four is quite unique and interesting sequence because it not only codes for a very useful furin cleavage site, which increases the virulence of the SARS-CoV-2-like virus. That's what lets it uh, bind to ACE2 receptors, which are all over the body in the vasculature. Uh, but it also has homology to the HIV uh, gag protein, as you can see. It also contains the unique Moderna nucleotide sequence we discussed in part one, that's the 19NT gene sequence, and which has now been published after a long wait. Uh-oh, oh, okay. Hold on, bear with me. <laughs> I'm trying to get the, uh, oh, oh boy, what did I do? There we go, okay. Um, oh, it also contains that we discussed in part one, which has now been published after a long wait by Adam Brafuski's group here. So you can, there's a link there if you want to go find it. We don't need to discuss it in this article because there's enough damning evidence 
to uh, in the other inserts to lay this to rest. Just to put into perspective, I'm now going to show you where these inserts are in the actual spike protein molecule. And of course, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine spike protein, which is identical in this area, exact same gene sequence, both of them. And you can see it's right on the corners, right? We've shown you this diagram many times. What is shown is a 3D model of the spike protein, three uh, protein trimmer, three spikes held together due to their conformation and amino acid makeup. So you can see that it takes, it makes a bit of a pyramid shape. The right-hand picture shows the trimmer looking down from the top. We talked about this. It's like a flower with three petals that come to a point and make a triangle on top. And then uh, the base of the petal has these two like handles, leaf looking things on it that are almost like the jugs of a vase, if you want to think of them that way. Um, in the flower pot analogy, these handles are the flower pot. That's the FCS. From the top, you wouldn't see them very well, but the GP120 inserts are in a really strategic location. They are the flowers that everyone can see because they are sticking out. They'll be the first to bump into things. In a viral sense, they are the most geographically likely to bind to something, i.e. a cell receptor, so they are very strategic, and you can see them right up there. In fact, most of what the spike protein does now uh, depends on these fragments binding. If you still aren't with me, imagine you're now a cat owner and the flower are, flowers are lilies. Lilies are poisonous to cats. You really, would really need to keep your flower pot out of the way of your beloved feline to avoid these beautiful but poisonous lily heads killing your cat. Okay. Uh, so hopefully the analogies are not now sufficient to understand, but we are dealing with a viral protein inserts at a strategic location on a viral spike protein but I need to bring this message home with another diagram. So here they are, and you can see this is a different um, model, mock-up, I guess, and these three inserts look like uh, ribbons that are making certain, the same identical shapes on each of the three, three spots on the three corners. This diagram shows something that is so coincidental that it's already impossible that this has happened by chance. That is, that each of the three GP120 inserts described in Pradhan's paper are located at the outermost strategic points in the whole viral spike. And you can see they are the furthest three like strands sticking out from the edge. So far more likely to bump into stuff. Okay. Those panaloans to have managed to get the most important viral peptides in human immunology have situated themselves in exactly the locations needed to infect human T cells in a bat cave without there being any humans in the bat cave to practice on or clever. Uh, I must admit, okay, I'm being sarcastic. It's not possible. It doesn't matter how many panaloans and bats get got together in a bataloan orgy. As I said before, not going to happen, but that's not all you see. Uh, all the shills and detractors are people like Fast Eddie Holmes, who you can read about here. I don't know what that links to, but he's one of the conspirators here, uh, are going to tell you that these peptides are still too small to be able to be used as the ultimate smoking gun for the case for lab origins. Well, that's true, but irrelevant because there are two other aspects that make this impossible to be natural. And this is where we get into how this came about. Okay. Aspect one, the function of these inserts that didn't exist before 2019 in any coronavirus were clearly stated as the intention of the DARPA defuse proposal. If you remember this, this goes back to EcoHealth and they went to DARPA. 
and some of those notes were leaked out and so forth. In case you haven't seen it, this document archived here, and there's a link. You can see the involved players, Peter Daszak and uh, EcoHealth Alliance. What were they doing? If you look through the proposal, you probably won't make much of it because it looks like they were actually trying to look at defusing the threat of coronavirus. The only problem is they weren't doing that at all, right? This is what they said they were going to do. In their words, the yellow highlights are the most important bits. Uh, they were, and I think we read through some of this document when it came out. They're basically trying to insert, insert these fern cleavage sites. We'll introduce appropriate human-specific cleavage sites, evaluate the impact of select SARS-CoV-2 changes, introduce these changes at the into the appropriate high, abundant, low-risk, uh, parental strain, the DC sign, which is kind of like the, the connector behind the scenes that the GP120 inserts plug into. That's, that's something else they're trying to set up to be able to bind to so that they can take these GP120s and stick them on. We will sequentially introduce uh, clade 2 disrupting residues of SARS-CoV-2 and SHC014 in, and evaluate virus growth in Vero cells, non-responsive or non-permissive cells, uh, epictotically expressing DC sign. So again, they're just kind of working to uh, be able, and here's where it says, DC sign binds with high affinity, meaning very easily, to the envelope of the glycoprotein GP120 of HIV. So this is just one paper. There are many more on DC, one, DC sign and GP120 binding, so like they're blocks that fit together well. Essentially, it's part of the mechanism that HIV-1 uses to bypass the immune system and gain entry into the very cells that keep your immune system working the T-cells. This is autoimmune disease. What's happening? Uh, the T-cells, CD8s, are getting decimated. This means that the EcoHealth proposal in 20, 2018 described exactly the two changes made to existing SARS coronaviruses that resulted in SARS-CoV-2 in 2019. Billions of years of random evolutionary change that could have never been possible because there were no humans living in the bat cave for the evolutionary changes to promulgate happened in one year. Then the authors of the proposal and all of their connected chums went into overdrive to dispel any talk of what you can now see is completely obvious. If you haven't seen Chris Masterson's or Martinson's excellent review, uh, it is very good. I watched it earlier today. Of the people involved in the nefarious meetings, you should. They've got emails where they're sending them to uh, private industry. They're between private industry and government. And they're claiming that there's, uh, you know, the, the reason that they're using to redact the message, the subject of the email is not one that they can really claim. And he does a good job of laying it out that clearly they're involved in some kind of cover up here. Had enough yet? Well, I haven't because this is the final piece that proves irrefutably as if the above wasn't enough that this was man-made. Aspect number two, the genome sequences coding those GP120 loops don't exist. What the hell does that mean? Well, in order for the Paneloans to get some viruses together and accidentally naturally create a new one with their clumsy claws, <laughs> they need another organism that has some genomic sequences, Gattaca, etc., that can transfer the old virus to make the new one. It's called recombination. I mean, sure, the old virus can undergo some mutations, but those are evolutionary 
uh, evolutionarily very slow and can result in deletions and changes. In order to get inserts for these to happen by chance is so rare that it would take millions of years to develop functional inserts by chance. So if you really need a genome donor, uh, so you really need a, ge a genome donor. Essentially, you need to make a chimera RNA donated from another organism to the first organism to make the new organism. In other words, for inserts of this size that are functional, the genome sequences coding for them must exist somewhere. So we're talking RNA to uh, the proteins, right? It says that sequence has to exist somewhere in a virus because if it was natural, that's the only way it could have come about. But guess what? They don't exist, and he's going to show us that. Because uh, So let's find out, shall we? All we have to do is plug in the, the genome sequences into BLAST and see if those sequences exist in any other virus or organism that can't recombine or that can recombine with a virus. It's important to be clear that bacterial DNA can't recombine with RNA viruses in nature. Okay, and this is Deyu. This is one of... And Kevin, this is a tweet to Kevin uh, McCarran. The Jinky the Mouse is kind of now several folks, and I think both of these guys are part of that Jinky the Mouse club now. Uh, note that bacteria is not a host to beta coronaviruses or any coronaviruses. They are eukaryotic, only viruses that can't replicate in them. The 19-inch gene sequence is absent in all mammalian uh, transcriptomes. But let's just accept that for a minute we have these three GP120 HIV peptide inserts to blast. And he's got the three codes there. Two of them are 16 MERS requiring 18 nucleotides to encode, three for each amino acid. The last one is a 12 MER requiring a 36 nucleotide sequence. Remember that recombination between viruses occurs at the genomic level and the nucleotides, uh, Gattaca, etc not at the peptide level. In other words, to show a recombination event that has occurred to insert uh, TG, TNG, TKR, we need to find the genome sequence that encoded that sequence, right? And see if it exists in another virus. So we need the genome sequence for these peptides, and here they are. So what he's done, right? You've got each one of these, the T has been translated to ACC because that would, that's what would create the T. And then the N has been translated to ATT, the G has been translated to GGT, and so on and so forth. So uh, he's done that for all three inserts. Immediately you can see the longer one will be the most interesting because the probability of, of, co of a coding occurring by change is approximately 1 in 4 to the nth, where N is the number of nucleotides. So the one that's got 36, it's 4 times 4 times 4, 36 times. That's a huge number, okay? This is, this is 1 in 4 billion trillion or so. But for the smaller ones, you'll need to restrict uh, the viruses again. Let's do it. So get back to BLAST. And he puts this in BLAST, right? And here's the output where he's found, uh, you know, like what does it show us? And here it is. You can see. The first one, HIV isolate. The second one is a Wenzhou Pacific spaddlenose shark. These, bio, these bats are really getting around out to the sea one night. Panaloans the next night. HIV, and then you've got seven more HIV isolates. So pretty clear this is an HIV. This was isolated from the HIV virus for the first one. 
And then he goes on, the output for insert number two is more interesting and busy, so it requires a filter, and he goes through that. Uh, it brings back results, but they're not an 18 out of 18 match. They're like a 16 out of 16 or a 12 out of 12 kind of thing, and he shows that right here. So out of our two sequences so far, we have two that don't match any viruses fully, the 18 out of 18 nucleotides, and the closest match is to HIV-1 and bacterial phage. Hmm. Now, the last one, because it's a longer sequence, we can be less restrictive with our search. This is the one that's 34, whatever it is. Or synthetic, uh, just excluding SARS-CoV-2 or synthetic constructs, we can use Megablast. And turns out it doesn't exist. And there we have it. Three gene sequences. None of them exist in viruses. One of them doesn't exist in nature at all. Yet they appear in the virus that arose from nowhere one year after EcoHealth said they were going to make one that did exactly what they proposed. And they produce the peptides that arise exactly on the binding sites of the virus all by chance. As I said, those panaloans, they're smart, I tell you. Maybe a little bit uh, freaky, or at least the bats are if they're hanging out with sharks and then panaloans. Animals. All right. Let's see here. Let's jump into Walter's thread talking about amylid amyloidosis. I think if I pronounced that right, um, this is a tough one to read, but we're going to go through it. Okay. Uh, I hope you guys understood what uh, Dr. Saeed was talking about there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess we can come back to it, but Essentially, he's just he's just gone through and laid out the case that this thing is not natural. There's no way that it's natural. That Dazic and the CIA funded the exact thing that we're seeing in the wild coronavirus the year before. And kind of as I pointed out uh, back over here, we're starting to get a pretty clear picture of the bad actors involved, right? It's becoming pretty apparent. And uh, I think it's going to get pretty ugly soon. So, okay. Walter Chestnut. So, what he's saying here, big picture, is that the fibrous masses. Now, I had this theory that, okay, maybe the immune system's doing something weird where. It's deploying this, these fibers to create these nets to catch the spike proteins, perhaps. And I thought that was kind of maybe a little bit supported when Dr. Um, Ryan Cole came out and said the, uh, the cells, some of the cells are expressing these receptors that are extra sticky that are getting caught in these nets. But what he's actually pointing out is that he thinks the blood itself, the red blood cells are being converted into this fibrin, Right. Tissues are being transformed into fibrous masses, including the blood. Amyloidosis. <laughs> give me the enunciation again when y'all get a chance in chat. <laughs> Amyloidosis, I, I think. Amyloidosis, something. Um, fibrosis, autopsies, increased organ weight. That's one of the things that he's seen that clued him into this. Clots, amyloids. The tissue of the body, including the blood, are being either deposited with fibrils or being transformed into fibrils. 
amyloidosis, uh, deposition of fibrous fibrils transformation into, or sorry, fibrosis is transformation into fibrils. The spike protein is transforming at least all human tissue, uh, perhaps other species, we don't even know yet, into non-functioning fibrous masses. I was reading papers in the solarium after dinner uh, while having a cigar, and I kept thinking about amyloidosis and fibrosis, and I've seen both. Is it one? Is it the other? Because again, Walter's trying to figure out this sort of theory of everything of what's happening so that we can get to start getting to, well, how do we treat this now or what can we do you know, to help these people, which is something I think most medical doctors, even the ones that are awake and fighting against the vaccines and, and the mandates and all this stuff and pushing ivermectin are still not really willing to look at yet. And that's a little frustrating. In some autopsy reports, I came to a startling uh, and incredibly disturbing conclusion. It's both. The clots we are seeing in COVID autopsies and long COVID are not normal clots. They are evidence that even the blood itself is being transformed into fibrous tissue. Think about what um, uh, Dr. Not McCullough, um, Dr. Fleming, he did those slides where he took blood a light you know freshly taken blood put a drop on smeared it and then added a drop of the vaccine and the hemoglobin was destroyed the the red blood cells lost their color their capacity to carry oxygen it kind of makes sense that the body might then come in and try and convert them into some kind of fibrous thing to stick somewhere and get out of the way but it's happening at such a large scale, it's going to end up being fatal for a lot of these people because the spike proteins never stop. Like they just keep getting pumped out. And with the reverse transcription, they're now part of your permanent DNA and eventually they'll be expressed again in you or in future generations. And it's, it's bad news. It is bad news, folks. Uh, it has been shown that large anomalous amyloid fibrin deposits are present in the plasma from acute COVID-19 patients. Here we show that the plasma samples from long COVID PASC still contain large anomalous amyloid deposits and that these deposits are most resistant to uh, fibrinalysis. Even with the treatment of a two-step two -step trypsin method, we use uh, protomics, prot proteomics, mix to study the protein presence in both. So I think they inject this, this trypsin to try and dissolve these things. Digested uh, super, supernatant and trapped persistent pellet deposits after a protein digestion via trypsin of a particular interest was a substantial increase in the acute phase inflammatory molecule serum amyloid A, SAA4, and uh, alpha-2 Antiplasmin alpha 2 AP is what it's called, uh, that were trapped in the fibronolic, fibronolic resistant pellet deposit. So I think there were these certain areas that like they couldn't treat is kind of what I'm reading that as. These are not normal clots. They are aggregated blood cells which have been transformed into aggregated fibrils. This explains the long clots being found in autopsies. That's those white strings that they're pulling out of the veins of uh, the deceased. The embalmers are having to clear out so that they can pump the embalming fluid in. 
And this is being and being removed from patients. Also, let us look at some early autopsies. The changes in the lungs were characterized by an increase in organ weight of 59.3%. That's huge. Patients with advanced disease had a 38% uh, collage deposition in their lungs, pasted on their lungs. They had 27 to 46% completely blocked non-aerated tissue, dead tissue. I do not believe this is just happening in the lungs. He thinks this is happening throughout the body. It, you know, anywhere this, these spike proteins get distributed, this is one of the results. This is how the body is responding to it and protecting it. And it's going to be, I think, fatal to a lot of people unless they can find a way to stop this and reverse this process. And I think that might be what Dimitri's found with... Um, Flush niacin and uh, RALA is his latest component. I need to reach out to him and try and get him on the show. He's very hostile against ivermectin. I want to try and have that conversation with him and see if we can, you know, like get to the bottom of this. So I will, uh, I will be reaching out to him. But I think what we're seeing here is pretty disturbing. It is. Of course, there's also... What, what's happening around the world. So I showed you guys that clip from um, Sri Lanka, I think it was, where they're pulling the police barricades away. We've also got this lady uh, from China. She's like 70, 80 years old, climbing a gate because she's starving, doesn't have any food. And they blocked her down. They're like, we don't care. Go back to your home. We've also got this drone that's saying something like, ignore your soul's desire for freedom and follow commands. Do not sing. Do not cry. Because there's videos coming out of people just screaming, going crazy. They're locked down. They've locked down the city with millions of people. Not allowed to leave your apartment because to them, they are total slaves. Oh, Valiant Energy saying uh, Emily Dosis. Oh, okay, there we go. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, you can't patent anything that comes from nature. Fibrin is the body's natural wound healing mechanism indicates the body is being shred shredded from the inside out. Yeah, I think so. That's what these spikes are. That's how they're interpreted. That's why they're triggering all this micro clotting and so forth. So, okay. What else is happening? I think this was Hong Kong or somewhere else over in Asia. Same thing. They want food. He's telling them, hey, no, go back home. And here's another one. They are beating the crap out of some guy who's hungry and was trying to get food. And it just goes to show you this is not a American problem or a, you know, Great Britain problem. This is a police problem. This is the Stanley Milgram experiment playing out. Or the, sorry, the Stanford prison experiment playing out 
in real life right now, right in front of us. They are beating these people because they have power over them and they can get away with it, right? And same kind of thing back here. Now notice how the police, the protesters are actually pulling the uh, barriers away and the police eventually let go and get back and then they come in and get right in their face. (laughs) And the police are backing up right there. It's breaking down and it's all tied in with the dollar and it's going to continue. Okay. Now these are the two guys, Sea Milk and uh, Serpen, Serpentenza or whatever it is, um, that rode around on the motorcycles. They went to the ghost city. I showed you some of that video where they were showing how the buildings are just crumbling and nobody's living in them. And it's kind of this big sham. Well, he's been posting his wife's Chinese. I think he's still in Shenzhen, China. He's been posting some videos. Here's one where the the workers have all this food that's come in for aid and they're relabeling it local goods so that they can sell it at inflated prices because, you know, they're from the government and they're here to help. And this lady's caught them on camera changing these labels from relief supplies to local goods that they can sell. (laughs) And this is what happens over and over and over again to all of these, all this foreign aid. The government takes it for themselves first and a very small portion of it actually makes it to the people who need it. He's got a million subscribers, way to go. Um, Of course, I wonder how, I can't believe he's lasted this long with what he's talking about. Now, here's a guy trying to get his wife into the hospital in China. And turns out they don't want her. They want her to go somewhere else. And he's having a fit over it. And they don't seem to care. Here's another one where this absolute dickhead is holding a speaker. Sorry, wrong one there. Holding a speaker, a megaphone, about a foot away from this guy's ear who's walking his kid in line who's scared to go get the mandatory tests. And... No, you'll do what you do whatever I tell you. This is literally the Stanford prison experiment playing out. And his daughter's crying and now he's pushing him <laughs> and he's had enough. These people are crazy.
course, Shanghai, no plans for lockdown. Yeah, I guess they changed their mind, didn't they? Here's another one. Now, some of these are a little sensitive. They've got a dog with clamps around its body. I guess they've injected these dogs with something to kill them. So they're putting all these people in lockdown. They're killing their pets. And this is one of them. They've got a bunch of other dogs that are dying in the back of this little delivery wagon thing. And there's one where down here, there's some guy getting tackled or whatever. Let me see. Heroes of the pandemic. Here's this guy. Now, this one really caught my attention when I watched it last night. There's a guy in the street. He's talking to the local government on the phone and he is making a spectacle and it's being filmed and put out on social media. And uh, yeah, he's going to be in big trouble. You can't do this in China. Says, you do not listen. You explain it to me. If the supermarket is closed today, what do I buy? What do I eat? What do I drink? You're driving these people to death. I'm in Puto District. I live in Puto, Shanghai. I'm regist registered in Zuha. I'm from Sishu. My parents are locked up by you for two months. How did they live those two months? My grandmother lives alone. Nobody takes care of her. You locked us up. What does she drink? What does she eat? You are driving someone to death. Fuck you. Shanghai government, are they human? <laughs> and then the wife's coming out. Okay, okay, that's enough. They're going to kill your ass. Driving ordinary people to revolt. Oh, now he's talking about revolt. There's no way for me to live. They're not doing anything. No way for them to live. No way for anybody to live. Now the government is not doing anything at all. I only took prepared supplies until April 5th. I have no more money. Every day my business is shut, but my employees need to eat. I don't have money. I have to pay for mortgage. In two days, my mortgage is due. What do I do? I don't care anymore. Just take, just let the Communist Party get me. Where is the Communist Party? Where is communism? You bastards. What is, what is it about the ordinary people, I think? It's not about what you announced. The government is lying. Where is the April 5th end of the lockdowns? Where is the promised April 5th end of the lockdowns? The government is fucking lying. Do you understand? How can ordinary people live? How can anybody live like this now? The retired have their, uh, their retirement money. What about us? What do you, you think we have that? So absolutely losing his shit at the end of his rope, about to lose his house, has no money to buy food. What are these people going to do? They are going to revolt and burn it down if it gets to enough of them that don't have money for food, that are in this situation.
when this is Gerald Salenti's famous uh, tagline, when people lose everything, they lose it. This is that happening. And it's going to continue to happen in country after country after country until the chickens come home to roost at the United States dollar world reserve currency. And we're going to see this here in a lot of places around the world. So y'all better prepare as best you can. Uh, here's, uh, I don't know what that was, but there was another one with the animals. This is, I think, the cats. Oh, more dogs that they're killing. And there's bags of cats. that The cats are alive. Here's a great one. Going right along in his little thing. And, oh, oh <laughs> face plant. <laughs> okay, these are the cats. <clears throat> and, I, like, there's just 10, 12 cats stuffed in one of these mesh bags. And they're, they're alive. They're moving. I don't think they're moving much because they're stuffed together. And these they're all going to be killed. And the people go to quarantine. And then, you know, if they don't come back, well, okay. I guess the government will divide up your stuff. So that's what's been happening. And um, here's a funny thing where he's like, why don't they just back the truck up? There's all these people handing goods, you know, one person to the next to the next to go back down this driveway and put it in the building. Well, like, why didn't you just back the truck up all the way? Is this some kind of photo op that's being staged here to show we're helping? And, and I think that's exactly what it is. So, okay, let's look at what's happening. This is uh, A&E. I can't remember if this was England or Royal Princeton Hospital in Lancashire, which is leaving staff and patients distraught. I think this is the UK. A&E staff have been reduced to tears as they claim they are being forced to resuscitate patients in the waiting room. As people wait days for beds, five senior staff at the Royal uh, Pre Preston Hospital have warned of the increasingly precarious situation. Ambulances are waiting more than four hours to unload patients as there is no space for them. Patients are routinely waiting more than two days for a bed at the emergency department. Can you imagine you go to the emergency room and you're waiting two days just to get into a room. We have witnessed senior experienced staff crying with frustration and anger as they've had to resuscitate patients in the waiting room, examine in the viewing room and CT uh, changing room. Seen patients leave the department as they have been pulled out of a cubicle to allow someone more unwell to be treated in their former space and patients die without the dignity of privacy. This means that at most times there is limited to no space to accommodate new acutely ill patients causing ambulance handover delays of over four hours and delay in treatment. Patients often elderly with multiple comorbidities, comorbidities have to sit in the waiting room, some for over 24 hours waiting for a cubicle space and uh, treatment. Patients wait outside the department as there is no space to socially distance in the waiting room. Staff are mentally drained uh, and despite their best efforts, have seen patients suffer and have received negative comments from distraught relatives and carers. Yeah, because they created this situation. 
The A&E managers claim that they are expected to take patients even when other wards close their doors. And I think we've seen that where like the, that happened to uh, somebody I know that was vaccine injured. The doctors basically fired her as a patient and she had to start going to the ER again because none of the, the doctors would see her. Uh, a statement from Trust Chief Executive Ken McGee said, quote, the safety of patients and the welfare of staff remain the, the trust's top priorities. But like NHS, providers across the country, our hospitals have continued to sustain unprecedented pressure. Gee, what from? Which has been exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. Bullshit it has. It's been exacerbated by these chemical injections designed to induce illness and they're doing their job. They're making people sick. Long COVID is likely spike protein poisoning. It's clear as day and they are still wanting to live in this delusion that they haven't done this to people. This is an informed FL nurse, Florida nurse on uh, Twitter. She's asking, she's saying, I've noticed a lot more MI and CVA, those are heart conditions, in much younger people. What are you seeing that seems abnormal? Uh, One commenter is saying, a nurse practitioner friend has noticed an increase in clotting disorders in hematology clinic, at the hematology clinic where she's employed. Um, Here's another one right here. My question is to the Minister of Health. Late last year, my daughter was expecting her first child. Initially, doctors had recommended against expecting women getting vaccinated. As any dad should do, I told her not to get the vaccine, and she complied. Thankfully, on Valentine's Day, she gave birth to a healthy baby girl, Shiloh. I shed tears of joy. But a few months later, doctors said it was okay to get the vaccine while pregnant. What testing had been done to ensure the safety of both the mother and their unborn baby? But now, Minister, I shed tears of sorrow. In the Waterloo area, 86 stillbirths have occurred from January to July, and normally it's roughly one stillbirth every two months. But here's the kicker. Mothers of stillbirth babies were fully vaccinated, and you've clearly said on numerous occasions that... Do you hear them yelling in the background? Oh, I'm in the wrong. They don't want to hear this. Oh, this has been debunked. The fact checkers, as if they have any credibility left at this point. They don't want to acknowledge this argument because they're still in denial about it. That the vaccines are safe. So, Question. Minister, what do you say to the doctors who told expecting women it was Order. okay to get fully vaccinated? And what should they tell the mothers who deliver a stillborn baby? Good questions. I don't think they want to answer them. What do you think? Okay, and then there was also uh, young people are coming in more and more with GI bleeds. So that's something I saw. There was a daughter and a and a dad that had both been vaccinated around the same time. They one was you know twenties, the other's fifties. Um, they both just started um, pooping blood, essentially around the same time. That's the GI bleeds she's referencing. Hematogesia, whatever that is, unexplained uh, dysphasia, no medical history, just completely random. Only God knows what's causing it. I think we know. And the worst of all, they're dropping out of school and quitting work because they can't function. That's the breakdown. That's what's happening. So I had a 
girlfriend come out and visit on Sunday. The night before, Saturday night, JetBlue, their entire um, booking system went down, supposedly, is what I read in the first article. But she was next to somebody who had actually started the trip the night before when all this went down. And she said at first they said it was weather and then uh, mechanical and then they admitted that it was crew problems. <laughs> and then it became, oh, our booking system went down. It's like, okay, uh-huh. Why is that happening? And this is the reason. Because the vaccinated are increasingly getting sick. And even if they don't die, they can't work because they're dealing with symptoms that are so severe. And of course, on the return flight on, I think it was Wednesday, uh, oh, the the outbound flight that was delayed two hours uh and on the return that was also delayed two hours everything every flight was getting delayed i bet there's we're going to see a serious bump in uh like on time departures and so forth for flights when that when that data is published next i might have to go out and and hunt for that but that's what we're going to see uh, lots of new cancers and lots of unexplained neurological symptoms. Uh, Nurse Lioness is saying an uptick in MI cases here in uh, children. Lots of unexplained neuro SXS. I don't know what that is. And rashes, as well as unexplained cancers popping up. Uh, another nurse is saying we put put in seven new med ports yesterday, all for new cancers. Our vascular team has been getting over 50 requests a day for access picks, ports, tunneled casts, etc. And here's Jake, another RN is saying, so not just cancer reoccurrence, but new cancers as well. And yeah, exactly. Yes. Nurse Jen is saying a 47-year-old primary kidney cancer, primary lung cancer, and just this week, primary brain. No Mets, all within the past year. It's called, it's, it's, these spike proteins are circulating all over the body. They're interfacing with your ACE2 receptors, causing clotting, causing fibrin to create, causing your T cells to come in and kill your own organ cells and leave scar tissue, fibrin behind. These things are... It's going to be hard, folks. A lot of people won't survive this, especially if we keep pretending like this isn't happening and, and, you know, don't start talking about this stuff. Okay. Uh, one more thing here. thought this was interesting. This $10,000 wire transfer disappears after bank puts it in the wrong account. This is a family. It was advertised as a safe and reliable way to send money. This is with the SWIFT system, right? But an Ontario couple says that the $10,000 wire transfer they sent their adult son was deposited into a stranger's account, then disappeared. Hmm, that sounds odd, doesn't it? CBC told the Behans the money was gone, deposited into someone else's account the day it was sent, and that account holder had withdrawn the $10,000 the next day and then shut down the account. It's inconceivable. Apparently, this person had the exact same account number as our son, Barbara said. Folks, I mean, clear as day, an insider at the bank 
created an account to receive these funds, defrauded the SWIFT system, probably hacked it or had access to it or something, or they're working together and ripped off these people for 10 grand. That's the current system. <laughs> it's such a complete joke. Oh, okay. That's it. That's what I wanted to cover for today. Um, hope you all enjoyed that. I know some of you have got some questions and so forth here. I'll scroll back up and catch some of those. If you want to jump in on spaces, do it now. You can bring up anything. We can go back and talk XRP or any of the VAX stuff. Um, I think it's coming out, right? Like, I really think uh, when Bruce Willis, when it was announced that he was retiring, and if you've seen the picture of him before and after, he he's just shrank. Like, he's lost tremendous muscle mass. He looks like he's got a wasting disease. And if you remember, we've read that that was one of the things that we're seeing uh, from these immune system changes is, I forget the name of it, but it was it was a HIV-related wasting disease where you just kind of wither away. That's what it looks like happened to Bruce Willis. And he's an international star. He's very well known. And I think that shocked people. And they're talking about it and they're starting to connect the dots as a result. Actually, yeah, there is more. Let's go back here. And I want to show you... Um, Only once, too. Just to watch this space at this stage. Nothing coming out of the Port Adelaide team this morning, Kane, over his subbing out of the game on Thursday night for nausea-slash-heart reasons. He spent time in hospital. And, yeah, it's just a, it's a big unknown as to, as to when he will play again. It may be as soon as this week, but nothing coming out of the club at this stage. There's a lot stage. of this going on in world sport at the moment. Well, in the world. World sport. Yeah, I, I think a lot of athletes have got these issues. And are you, Brownie, referring to the booster shots I'm and the, the booster shots? That's obviously COVID. Yeah. Um, the word going around. Look, it's, it's being discussed. I haven't been able to get an official line on that from anyone attached to, to Ollie Wines at this stage. But, yeah, the question is being asked and put to me and, and others, and clearly yourself, uh, by a lot of people about but a possibility of that. But it's not. It's not. Oh, it's being. It's being looked at. Well, fuck me dead. I forget the other part of that, but that was an Australian slang term that they gave me. I was trying to look it up real quick. They're starting to look at it, right? But like the fact that this is breaking out on a talk show in Australia means it's becoming undeniable. They cannot hide it anymore. And did you notice something else that happened with the Miami Open? We had 15 players that dropped out. But there was no video of like anyone collapsing on the court or remember the guy that was dragging his leg around that he couldn't, that was cramped up and he couldn't move probably because he had those, that white shit growing in it. They all stopped. Some of them were kind of doing the Pfizer pledge or having trouble breathing. Some of them retired before they even started the match. Okay. And it's because they know at this point, those tennis players Bet your ass they're watching the Australian Open. They know about the four players that collapsed there. They've been practicing. These symptoms are not like coming up for the first time in the in the big uh, at the Miami Open. They've been experiencing them during practice. They're hoping they'll be able to push through, and they're not able to. So rather now that they know what's going on, they are retiring, quitting the game rather than trying to you know stick it out. Because they know that it, that could end up killing them. And we're going to see just people dropping like flies out of the workforce, out of sports, out of acting. 
out of corporations, all of it, manufacturing facilities. It's all about to break down in some big ways and we're going to have to transform and reorganize society. And what Cliff talked about, I think is, is pretty accurate, but I think his conclusions around those really uh, have some problems. So, okay. Oh, wait, no, I think there was a little bit more there. Hold on. Just the hard issues. I mean, like, you know, without delving into your private affairs, um, you know, you've got Bell's yeah. palsy at the moment, which hopefully yeah. you're on the back yeah. end of that. But there's a bit of that going around as well. Yeah, exactly. It's gone hard issues and Bell's palsy has gone through the roof uh, since the, the boosters and, and COVID issues. So no doubt. And we had Michelangelo Rucci on AW on Friday night, and he said that, Wines, is, it's a field, there's a ward filled with people with similar symptoms in Adelaide to Ollie Wines. So nausea. And it's not just Bell's palsy and, and heart conditions. It's the rare cancers. It's the viruses. It's the, you know, just everything going wrong with these people. There's, it's triggering all the signs of aging. And that's something um, so people are telling me about like that, that see clients on a regular basis over time. They're like, man, the vaccinated, they're aging so fast. They're losing their hair. It's getting thinner and thinner. It's not good. Not good. Yeah. Heart issues. So there has to be something more to it. Yeah. And, and just, we're not anti-vaxxers. We've all done our due diligence with our booster shots and all that sort of stuff. But uh, if you took the vax, you did not do your due diligence or you really suck at it. All right. There is going to have to be some study done on this, mm. not just in a sporting yeah. sphere, yeah. but, uh, a you know, like a community sphere. And, and you're right, though, because we don't want to get into the space we're not experts in at all. But, but from, oh, from we do two hours of that every Sunday, Damon. We <laughs> often do that. But when it comes to the medical side, we try and stay clear. But, um, look, West Coast Eagles have had played nearly 40 players in the four matches this year. And I think they're going through issues um, with players who have actually contracted COVID, not just been isolated um, COVID people, what effect it has had on them and others around the league who have had players contract COVID and then come back to play footy at the highest level. Let's look at the Mosh match winners this week. Yeah, okay. So, um, Hunting is asking me, uh, to me it's, it shows that the, the hand that the green movement is garbage, otherwise, otherwise they would be all over XRP because of its efficiency. Maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe they're just not educated on it. I, I don't know. I really, I'd have to look into that to jump to that conclusion. Uh, will Hinman go to jail? I, I think it's possible. I mean, there's some pretty damning stuff there. Maybe he'll have to resign and not go to jail or anything. You still need physical coin paper. I can't use my credit card in a power outage to get bread and milk. So yes, um, you should have three things right now. So number one, let me go here is you should have just some physical cash, right? Like, and be able to make your own change. Have some hundreds, have some twenties, have some fives, tens, some coins. You should have physical silver. I, I keep, um, I probably shouldn't say this, but I keep a little bit. And like, I have a go bag that has silver and cash in it. Uh, I probably might have some a little bit in the car somewhere in case, you know, shit hits the fan and I'm off somewhere. I've got a few ounces of silver that I might be able to barter with somebody and, you know, get what I need, gas or whatever. I have that cash so that I can get what I need. You know, it's a few hundred dollars here and there. Um, and you'll also need 
you know, like a, a bank account, a credit card, because again, yeah, I think we're going into a period of time where all these things are breaking down and it could be, you know, like a software upgrade glitch. That's what the, the whole jet blue thing was, was, um, blamed on that they did some kind of upgrade. Well, maybe the main guy who did that was out sick because he's vaccinated and experiencing these symptoms. And, uh, you know, things don't go as planned. So the network goes down, the payment processor processing network goes down. And like there's places in Plano that, you know, I had a uh, XRP meetup at one that only took credit cards, no cash. What do they do? Well, they adapt or die if it's going to be two weeks, you know, so people are going to have to figure these things out. And the more options you have, the better off I think you'll, you'll be. So have some silver and that should include some junk silver because, you know, one ounce silver, that's $600 could be six, four, $600 range. Of course, the prices are going to be milks, uh, $15 a gallon gas is five to $10 a gallon, maybe $20 a gallon. So, you know, it's kind of relative, but um, there is going to be a rush and what's happening at the same time with the silver market is they are facing default and they're not going to come out and say we're defaulting. They're going to come out and talk about shipping delays on the delivery of Comex silver. And they, you know, they're already, we're already seeing signs that it's already happening last, last month and it will probably happen again this month and get worse. And eventually uh, that whole thing kind of falls down. And when that happens, the lid comes off the price of silver in my way, in my uh, line of thinking anyway. Okay. Uh, who is this? Not Normie, you can come on in. Unmute yourself if you like and tell us what's on your mind. Crypto normie. Are you there? Hello, Sam. Hey, what's happening? Yeah, can you hear us all right? Yep, we got you. Go right ahead. Uh, let's just go, just go back to the, um, the XRP uh, thing you were talking about. If they, if they do end up using it, what kind of price do you see it settling at? I mean, I know it's a bit of a vague question, but... It can't stay at the price it is. It possibly will work. There's there's a lot of um. I mean, you could you could speculate and make a case for all kinds of. You could look at what David Schwartz has said about what the price would do with, uh, you know, how much how big the utility is, how the world of utility and demand, of course, for XRP is, that's going to take it off the market, right? Or and. I think it was Susan Atley put together a model uh, as part of a university study for Ripple to look at uh, liquidity and, and its effect on price and, and daily payment volumes and so forth. And if you look, you can plug into that. What would it do if we took 10% of the SWIFT transfers or 50% or, you know, whatever. And this was the average transaction time. It's a pretty detailed model and it's out there somewhere. I'm sure the XRP community would, could point you to that. Uh, that's what I'd suggest you kind of play around with and and let it answer. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to have a lot of XRP, but I haven't 
I did I, I swapped well I sold the load and said it was like six cents so I've, I've done all right on paid it but I think I've only got about ten thousand XRP left at the minute because I kind of lost faith in it all a little bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, interesting. I think I've seen that calculator before. Yeah. So like I, I, I mean, the lawsuit thing is an attack. Like, and this is what I tried to explain early on. Um, the powers that be, the the, the elite, the deep state, whatever, however you want to think about it. They want Bitcoin and Ethereum because of those bottlenecks that they can that give them an, a, a way to control the system, right? And like that's what they desperately want, and so that's why Ripple and XRP are being attacked. Um, I think Ripple was doing a lot of things to really like uh, get ahead of, let their marketing get ahead of reality, and they were overhyping some things and they pursued some strategies that I think didn't work out for them. MoneyGram is one of those and kind of how they were trying to bootstrap the system. They redirected Miguel left, Miguel Vias left and, um, oh gosh, Brianne Madigan, her and another Goldman Sachs gangster kind of came in and came up with the liquidity hub idea. They've been implementing that. I think that's the right approach. Um, so like they're doing all the right things. And I talked about, uh, I wrote a Substack article um, about what's happening with the insurance premiums, how those are, have gone up 75% for a lot of people on, on, uh, fixed incomes and so forth and how that's crumbling. Uh, that guy also told me about some of his banking contacts and, um, one of them was, uh, you know, at a major bank and he was asking him, what are y'all doing with crypto? He's like, oh yeah, we're incorporating you know this and doing that. And he says, what about Ripple and XRP? And the guy's mouth dropped open and he said, I can't talk about that. <laughs> and he had another friend also, because he you know did some finance stuff in his previous life. Another friend that worked for, I think it was an exchange maybe, and he was asked, or you know, somewhere something in the crypto industry or the finance industry. Let me say that, and they were going to offer it to their uh, to their customers and talking about the onboarding process and the steps they're going to go through. And he says, well, "What about Ripple and XRP? Are y'all doing anything with them?" And his mouth drops open. How do you know about that? I can't talk about it. So, and, and the, the, that banker, if you remember. Uh, my old story about the F1 paddock, a, a friend of mine that went to an F1 race and, you know, bought the, had the tickets to the paddock and met with one of these uh, bank CXO uh, types at the race and talked to him about Ripple and XRP. And he said, hold on to it. You don't know what you got. Um, same, same bank. So there is big things happening. It's at, it's not you know, like Chase has been a staunch opponent to Ripple and XRP, but there are others who are not the top dog who, you know, have engaged with them and um, onboarded their product and see that that's the future. That's where things are going to go. And those banks, I think, will weather the storm a lot better than some of the other, the, the old school ones that have kind of pushed Ripple away. There was, a, there was an interesting tweet the other day saying that, that uh, they think the re another reason the, the SEC brought the case was to delay X 
XRP and give it, it gives Ethereum a chance to get this scaling moving forward. Right. It's an, it's an interesting theory. Um, it doesn't look like Ethereum is going to get this sorted out anytime soon either. Yeah. Well, and Blockchain Backer went in. He did a, just a really killer video um, a, months ago explaining kind of the timeline and where the TA was showing. So it was right where the TA w- was suggesting that XRP was about to take off in, in the move up with Bitcoin and Ethereum, that that lawsuit was dropped, uh, like almost the perfect timing yeah. to really decimate and, and send it in the other direction down. And I think that might have been intentional. I mean, there's just so much that they clearly are trying to destroy XRP and Ripple and their efforts um, because they want to retain control and they're on the cusp of losing it. And I think they've, you know, they've known what's at stake. They didn't, they probably underestimated the threat. And uh, now the environment that they created is going to almost necessitate something like RippleNet as a solution. It's also the fear factor as well, isn't it? They don't want, they don't want the normies becoming rich because then that, yeah. that doesn't work their plans either. So, I mean, I'm not going to get rid of them. I'll probably end up buying some more, but it did get, it did, it's a bit of a love and hate relationship with XRP for everyone at the minute, I think. Yeah, I feel that way too. I mean, some of the stuff Lawson, Chris Lawson is doing now. I'm I'm no fan of Brad anymore after, uh, you know, what was revealed as part of the lawsuit. I feel like those two have more, um, have done the most wrong in this situation, and they are least likely to face any consequences as a result. And I think there's a lot of XRP holders out there um, that would either be holding a lot more XRP because, uh, you know, if it was a- accurately represented and Brad accurately represented his, uh, his actions with regards to XRP and Bitcoin and uh, his sales and so forth, um, I, I think we would be in a different... Uh, uh, it would have it made a big difference over the last four years. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, keep up the good work. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Let me go back to the comments. If anybody else wants to jump in, go right ahead. Yeah, I'm kind of conflicted on XRP. So, yeah, there's something we can talk about. So, Joe... And his woo-woo guy, friend that he does live streams with, I like watching them. Um, what they think is going to happen is that it's going to go up to four, I think his target's 420, uh, and XRP will go up to $4.20 and then crash back down. And he says it could go as low as 20 cents. So what he's told his patrons to do, and this is coming from his dreams and their psychic impressions and so forth, is to sell around you know, that, that four four twenty mark and then buy back in. Um, and I think there's a lot of people in the XRP community that are expecting, well, it's going to go seven to 14 this cycle. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, the market, you know, decides to do something else and it ends up being four and then it crashes back to 20. But I, I, 
he says after that, after it hits that low of 20 cents, then it skyrockets again. And I think that could be like tether imploding, right? I see an environment where that happens. It brings down Bitcoin. There's mass chaos and so forth. Brings the whole market down. The exchanges are failing because they're tether exchanges, right? So if tether, the peg breaks and it becomes crap, uh, that's going to cause problems for people trying to cash out of Bitcoin or crypto and so forth. And a lot of these exchanges are going to go bankrupt because they're corrupt and criminal themselves. It's the Wild West. So, okay. Let me see. Uh, ECH05, if you want to come on, you can unmute and tell us what's on your mind. Hey, Sam. Uh, really appreciate uh, you, you know, having this show. And, uh, you know, really just want to say thank you for all the uh, extraordinary research that you um, put into work in this and the critical thoughts that you put into it. Um, one thing that I've been kind of scratching my head for the longest, the Riddlers um, that, you know, whether it's Bearable Guy or, you know, anyone in the crypto Twitter sphere that's related to the XRP community, I keep on wondering, like, you know, who are they? But more importantly, why are they giving the clues that they're giving um, if they want us out? Or I just just kind of curious if you had any thoughts on that, because clearly the the riddles, um, you know, you can see how some geopolitical events kind of play out. Um, and there's all sorts of different characters that kind of go into it. So just curious, um, figured someone like you probably have been asking yourself the same questions. Yeah, so I think there's um, I think there's a lot of people that use them as like a tool to help others. Like they see what's coming behind the scenes and they want to be able to tell people, but they're prohibited or, you know, they would lose their job or something along those lines. Because um, I like I used to talk to... Um, oh, not, not Echo, but... Uh, Oh, damn it. I can't think of the name. Y'all probably know. Somebody in the chat will know. Um, but I used Kichiro and um, one of the other ones. And like they would kind of give me some hints as to what they did and so forth. And they just are wanting to, I think, help people kind of see what's going on and understand the bigger picture here and take part in like you know, being part of the new financial system. So, and that's what I told my patrons was like at the end of all of this, they want us out because what you will hold is, um, a, a component a piece of the global financial system that gives you, that plugs you into liquidity, all global liquidity and there's nothing they can do to stop it or control it. Now they can watch it. They can see what you're, you know, where you're moving your funds around and what you're doing with them. But at the same time, we're going to have a DEX where you're one hop away from something like XX coin where they can't see anything or Monero is, you know, is I think a good second alternative. Um, and that comes with it. And like, I think that's how it's one of the way that it's going to evolve is, you know, people will will 
like these privacy coins, people will understand the importance of these, especially after the bank accounts have been frozen and they've been through the CBDC experience where the government says, oh, you're not allowed to spend it on this or uh, you can't spend that right now or you have to spend this much right now. Oh, and we're going to help ourselves to our taxes that we decide uh, you owe us. People are going to understand the importance of uh, that power and that control. Um, and that's why they want us out because it is literally, it is the framework. It's a piece of the framework of the global financial system. And, uh, they want as few people as possible in that club. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm curious if um, some of your research has brought you into some of the areas that I've kind of run into where, um, you know, some of the the messages are so pointed in whether you, whether it's occult information or esoteric information and, you know, the clues in themselves, the timings are like just impeccable. And in some cases I can't even reconcile how they're, coming up to it. So, I mean, I, I can appreciate the insider part of it. And I'm just kind of curious if you had any thoughts on, on that end, um, you know, with, with deeper meanings of things. Um, I've heard all sorts of narratives like, you know, galactic intergalactic currencies and different timelines and all sorts of stuff. So just yeah. wondering if uh, I'm going far off base there. No, that's, I'll, that's I apologize fine. if I'm, I like, I like this topic. Uh, Let's see. I mean, that, that's that that's another one of the areas where I disagree with or diverge from Cliff's thinking. Uh, he thinks that there is only one timeline. And I like I listen to Bashar and he thinks, well, if you're a channel, then you're going to come back uh, with multiple personality disorders, which I also don't think is true. Um, and so he discounts all that stuff. One of the things Bashar said when he was doing one of his sessions or something, uh, he was talking about reincarnation and, and going living multiple lives and so forth. And he says, you know, in one life you can be a blacksmith in the 1900s and then you can be a CEO in um, a tech company during the dot-com bubble if you want. And then you can go be a medieval king. And everybody's like, wait a minute, what? that but that's in the past and he was pointing out how it's all fluid and like every time i ask about what is um like what is the structure i i always see lightning and like every branch where the lightning kind of branches off is a different choice a thought so our thoughts create the reality create all of these alternative realities and it can go back and a new branch can be created and experienced and explored. And that has its own unique vibration and it adds to the uh, unique creation that is universe, that is consciousness, that is the <clears throat> the inner light that Quakers talk about, um, the part of, of all things that is God, that is, you know, pure consciousness. And uh, like that's... Yeah. That's how I think of it. There was another aspect to your question, though. What was it? Uh, it was just, you know, I, I've just been, and I appreciate you saying that. A lot of what you shared really does resonate with me. Yep. Um, 
you know, in some of the things that I've been digging into, like I've kind of come to the conclusion that time as we see it or perceive it doesn't exist in that linear path. So that makes total sense to me. Um, but I think it was just more on the lines of, you know, not recognizing that you're a critical thinker. I just, I can't seem to reconcile without, you know, some things that I'm seeing that I just cannot help, but I just can't ignore it. But like, there's, whether you want to say it's either it's a parallel universe or time travel exists or whatever the case may be, um, or the reasons for it, um, it it just kind of, I keep kind of following my, bringing myself into these, um, the esoteric or occult nature of why these riddlers are sharing pieces of information and the timing is just so impeccable of how they're sending out information. Yeah. You know, a few years Delta. Yeah. Uh, You know, like I think there's the, the conspiracy explanation of that is, Oh, project looking glass. And that's what Q's using Mm -hmm. and and this and that. And I I think that is probably real. And that's part of like what's happening up in uh, Antarctica. You know, I talked about Stargate SG-1 and how that was a parallel for the real Stargate program that I think is probably going on. And God knows who they've started, gone out into space and started wars with. Um, But like, I think, I think the planet's controlled by some kind of uh, ET presence or race or whatever. Um, And I think it's exploiting humanity as part of that occupation that's like why they're doing it and i think that's part of what's um coming to light and i I think it's going to get real weird and um people are going to be really shocked and i think that to some degree humanity is this is like a giant laboratory and we're just somebody's experiment and guess what they've decided to call the herd and go in a different direction and you know, Cliff's been getting also into this whole idea about um, they they're messing with history, and that we're given this recorded history that's not actually true, and they just kind of reset things and do this weird stuff uh, to to screw with us to change up their experiment. And I I don't know if that's true or not, but it's fascinating to think about. And like I I I think we could have some benevolent ETs that are working with some restrictions that uh, they've, they follow for, you know, based on experience and things that have gone wrong with other races or something that they've interacted with over millennia, who knows how long. And Mm -hmm. so they're trying to help us in any ways that they can. And I think, you know, like we had that big solar flare not too long ago. It was an X class. It was earth directed usually a big deal gets here. Like they were turning satellites and hiding them. It gets here and it's like a non-event. What happened? I think an ET came in and absorbed that energy. Otherwise we'd have, you know, satellites that were damaged and no longer functional. And then the same thing with that comment that we talked about earlier, there's clearly some little light coming in. We talked about the AT&T data center that was bombed by the supposed RV. And we saw the, directed energy weapon this it vaporized the atmosphere in this column right before the the building blew and so reality is so far from the normies perception of reality it's uh i it's just i i don't even know i don't even know how weird it gets but i i think it gets weird 
I, I agree with you. Uh, you. You didn't even touch upon the Mandela effect, so I, I can I can appreciate all the things that you're you're bringing up here. And uh, no, I, I it's helpful to kind of you know connect minds and see what your thoughts are on some of those specific matters. So really do appreciate it, Sam. Thanks again. Okay. Have a great evening. All right, we'll get back to chat here. There's a few questions. Uh, would you release the laptop images and vids? Wouldn't that wake all up? Why don't they release all? Uh, that's a good question. Like I, I, I it, that's what should be done with it. Period. Like break it up into pieces, um, put it out there. The problem is, I think some of it's child porn, so they're worried they're going to get arrested and so forth for spreading child porn. And anybody who downloads it, but like <laughs> the FBI's had the laptop, they're not, not, uh, they're not going to uncover it and, and prosecute like they should. They're corrupted, compromised. Um, I, I think that you just got to release it and put it out there for people to wake the F up, right? Uh, what happened to Twitch? They deleted the channel. Uh, and then four hours later, Twitter uh, deleted my crypto account as well. Coincidence, though, of course wasn't because of what I was talking about. Just damaging, very, very damaging to the narrative. Okay. Uh, you cannot patent anything that comes from nature. Yep. Amelodosist. Amelodosis. Amelodosis. All right, there. I got it, I think. Fibrin is the body's natural wound healing mechanism. Indicates the body is being shred from the inside out. Yep. I think we read that one. Great show. Glad you liked it. I heard in the UK that they're banned. They've banned the use and ownership of hardware wallets now. I don't know if that's true. I haven't heard that. I think I would see it everywhere if that were true. Uh, I've seen so many clients that have been deteriorating rapidly since getting the vax aged 10 years in two months. Hair loss. Yeah. So someone in two months time, they look like they're 10 years older. Wow. Uh, how severe do you think the vaccine mutated versions of COVID is and will be um, mild for the unvaxxed or worse thinking chickens and Merrick's? I, I think they'll release something else. Um, and, and there's a lot of more and more evidence coming out now that um, Delta was uh, a different virus because there's just not enough similarities. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, the unvaccinated, especially if you've been infected with COVID, you're going to have the best protection and take, take the vitamins and stuff. So, you know, I've talked a lot about those. I take a, take those regularly, make sure I'm getting good vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, magnesium, uh, so on. Okay. Any thoughts on the RSR that had been uh, looked at in the past? I still hold that. I think that has a potential of being kind of a decentralized value pool. I like their approach. It's a, you know, I put a little bit into it when it was real low. I think it's back. I don't even know what the price is, but two or four cents last time I think I looked. Um, that's where I accumulated. I'm just going to sit on it and, um, it's got a bunch of big names behind it, Thiel and PayPal from PayPal and some others. 
Um, and I think it stands a, a good potential of being successful in the long term. And that's kind of what I look for. Uh, get your passport now. Uh, House of, uh, let's see, any, th- uh, you mentioned Bashar. Who are you referring to? Uh, so it's, it's Daryl Akna, I think. He's a, a channel, a medium. Uh, and Bashar is the entity that comes through. He's on YouTube. You can find clips and stuff. So I would look out there. Uh, Sam's is about humanity being controlled and kept in a th- 3D matrix. We could be, yeah. So, okay, I'll take a look. That looks interesting. I like Gaia. They do some cool stuff. Okay, um, trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, that's that's really it. Uh, yeah, hopefully I laid out a lot of interesting things about XRP and Ripple. I think there's tremendous opportunity ahead for it. I think it's uniquely positioned with um, the network characteristics, what they've built, the problems that they're solving, and even in Cliff's kind of doomsday scenario, I think it still stands a good chance of, uh, of doing real well, along with a lot of other projects and things that are out there. So there you go. Thank you, everybody. Have a great evening. I will catch you all next broadcast. To wake the people up I see a few waking up But I don't see enough If you wanna hear some real rap Then turn the speaker up They locked in Assange And I felt to free him up Rest in peace Black the ripper Let me like this weed I live like a lion I don't wanna die a sheep You can't kill me For talking about genocide The body stops working But the spirit never dies I'm looking at this pandemic From a bird's eye They're lying to the people Not for the first time I just wanna see peace Like the merch sign I tried DMT And I opened up my third day Talking about money and swag that's not real rap How the real ones in the struggle gonna feel that Everybody's lost chase in the fake life Too busy on social media and FaceTime Just look at the way that we live our lives Wake up, get this money, then it's dinner time I love life, I could've died, but I'm still alive I'm still me without the clothes and the bimmer sign You could strip me naked, put me in a jungle No matter how much money I made, I stayed humble I had to grow up since eight, I've been an uncle I don't always see my nieces, but I love you Kids love technology, it's not right though I can't stand seeing youths on these iPhones Reese turned vegan, yeah that's my bro Ain't no dead animals allowed in my home We need to drop our egos and start showing love I feel sorry for the generations growing up With a bunch of fake people to look up to That's another soul that's gonna be a lost shoot I look around and I don't see no real men Just lost dads putting masks on their children That's why if I have a kid then I'm a raisin right I refuse to let some men in suits change my life All the stresses from the world is getting to my head It's all mad, would it be better if I was dead? But fuck that cause that's not the right attitude I'm grateful for life so I show gratitude I'm trying.
Psychological War. 